Shalom and welcome to the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations weekly Torah commentary series. I'm Rabbi Isaac Roussel from Congregation Zara Avraham in Ann Arbor, Michigan. This week, instead of discussing the Parsha, we will be talking about Hanukkah. Hanukkah begins this coming Sunday evening. We all know the story that Matis Yahu and his sons led a war against the Syrian king Antiochus, who had demanded the Jews give up their faith and merge with the pagan Hellenism of the day. They were successful and recaptured the temple. It had been desecrated with idols and the sacrifices of pigs. The Jewish soldiers cleansed the temple, brought in the priests, and rededicated it. This is, in fact, where we get the name Hanukkah. It means dedication. There is a Midrash that says that there was not just one Hanukkah, but actually seven. The seven mentioned in the Midrash are, number one, the Hanukkah of creation. In Genesis it says, when the heavens and the earth were completed, the Midrash says completed refers to dedication, because when Israel had completed all of the accoutrements of the tabernacle that Moses blessed them in dedication to be used in holy service. So goes the Midrash, God dedicated creation. Number two, the Hanukkah of the tabernacle. As we just mentioned, Moses dedicated the tabernacle to the service of Hashem. Number three, the Hanukkah of the first temple. King David wrote a psalm for the dedication of the first temple, which was actually performed by his son Solomon. Psalm 30 starts out, Mizmor Shir Hanukat Habayit, a psalm, a song for the dedication of the temple. Number four, the Hanukkah of the second temple. The time of Ezra, when they rebuilt the temple, they dedicated it with sacrifices. Number five, the Hanukkah of the wall of Jerusalem. When Nehemiah led the people to finish the wall around Jerusalem, they dedicated it. In Nehemiah 12, it says, And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought all the Levites from all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to rejoice in the dedication. Number six, the Hanukkah of Maccabees. This is the Hanukkah that we will be currently celebrating. And finally, number seven, the Hanukkah of Olam Haba, the world to come. In Isaiah 30, it says, The light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days. This, say our sages, refers to the end of time, Olam Haba, when Hashem will dedicate the new heavens and new earth. But what I would like to propose to you is that there are, in fact, nine Hanukkahs, not seven. These round out the Hanukkah menorah. We are the eighth Hanukkah of light. Each and every one of us is called to dedicate ourselves to Hashem. The ninth Hanukkah of light is the Hanukkah of Yeshua. He is the Shamash, the servant candle. As we will see in a moment, he is our example of total dedication to Hashem, but he is also the one who lights our fire of dedication and empowers us to shed that light to the world. I would like to look at three specific aspects of Hanukkah that Yeshua exemplifies and we are also called to. 
First, Hanukkah is about dedication to Torah. Antiochus had ordered our people to give up Torah and adopt Hellenistic ways. Matisyahu and his sons and those who fought with them refused to do this. They showed their dedication to Torah by resisting this forced enculturization and with God's help defeating their enemies. The book of Maccabees records Matisyahu's words to his sons as he lay on his deathbed. He said, My children, be zealous for the law, and give your lives in behalf of the testament of our fathers. Be mindful of the deeds of our fathers, which they performed in their generations, that you may receive great glory and eternal renown. Was not Abraham found faithful in time of trial, and it was accounted to him for righteousness? Be strong and courageous in behalf of the law. Gather about you all who observe the law and avenge fully the wrong done to your people. If it were not for their total dedication to Torah, we might not even be here today. Judaism could have simply ceased to exist. Yeshua himself was also dedicated to Torah. Yeshua did not abrogate or cancel the Torah. Instead, he upheld it and gave it its fullest meaning. He said, I did not come to abolish the Torah, but to fulfill it. His issue with the leaders of his day wasn't that they obeyed the law, but that they let ritual aspects of Torah supersede what he called the weightier aspects, namely mercy and compassion. He says to them, you give a tithe of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the Torah, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Notice that he doesn't tell them to not obey these lighter commandments, but that they should be practiced in addition to the weightier ones. Yeshua showed his dedication to the Torah through his actions as well as his teachings. He consistently sent people that he healed to the priests for verification that they were in fact healed. He could have been a total rebel and told them not to mess with the priests and their rules, but instead he upholds their authority and ensures that they fill all aspects of the Torah. Hanukkah calls upon us to also be dedicated to Torah. We are in an age not unlike that of the Maccabees. If you read historical accounts of Hanukkah, you realize that observance was already on its way out when the edict came. Jews were already slowly being Hellenized. Many had already fully assimilated into Greek culture. This is why the Sadducees were opposed to the doctrine of angels and life after death. They were priests who were highly assimilated into Greek culture. They felt it unsophisticated and contrary to modern philosophical thinking to believe in such things. The reality is that it might have been for the best that Antiochus forced the issue with his edict because it pushed the issue to the forefront. Had he not, some historians think that Judaism would have just simply slowly faded away. Today is similar to that. We have a high rate of assimilation and intermarriage. Torah observance is at an all-time low in the United States and Israel. We must be dedicated enough to the observance of Torah that we do our part to preserve it. Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch said, One single spark loyally treasured in but one single Jewish heart is sufficient for God to set aflame once more the whole spirit of Judaism. Each and every one of us is that one small vial of oil, which God can do a miracle with. 
Every morning we pray in the Shakrit service. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Please, Hashem, our God, sweeten the words of your Torah in our mouth and in the mouth of your people, the family of Israel. The root word of Hanukkah is Hanak, Chet Nun Chaf, which means to train. We are to train ourselves in Torah, train like athletes do for a major competition. The rabbis say that Hanukkah marks a shift from Torah being transmitted by the prophets and the priests to each individual Jew. When the Jews of that day were confronted with either apostasy or death, they were forced to internalize the Torah themselves and no longer just follow what their leaders said. After the Maccabean Rebellion, the Torah is always quoted in the name of individuals. In the Mishnah, we see references to the Torah of Rav or Rabbi so-and-so. We are called to make the Torah our Torah. Hanukkah calls us to be dedicated to God's Torah, to teach it to our children, and to teach it to one another and thereby preserve it. Next time, we'll look at two more ways in which Yeshua exemplifies Hanukkah and empowers us to do the same. This is Rabbi Isaac Roussel signing off and wishing you a Shabbat Shalom. For more commentaries like this one, visit umjc.org slash commentaries.